series, I'm entitling this Purpose. This is all about purpose. What is our purpose? What is your purpose? And we begin by asking the question, where did we come from? Where did we come from? This really is at the heart of finding out what your purpose is and my purpose in life. Just a real quick recap. If you remember, we start out by the beginning, Adam and Eve, and when they took a bite of the apple, we saw uh, um, Satan kind of slither into the shadows, didn't we? And he began to laugh. And ever since then, Satan has been getting mankind to take a bite of the apple and, and entice them and, and deceive them. And every time he slithers back into the shadows and he laughs. And I can tell I'm going to need water right away. Uh, my wife is out with the kids, so if I could get someone, Parker, you go, boy, that's good, thank you. Um, I'm going to need it this morning. Um, then we dove into the topic of creationism and evolutionism. Uh, we discussed a man who has initiated probably the greatest apostasy known to mankind, that man Charles Darwin, when he described the origin of life as that. Life was created through an unguided and mindless process. And that our existence is therefore a fluke rather than a planned outcome. Now, I'm looking at many of you who were born and raised, died in the wool church, church of God people, or just, you've been in church your whole life. And, you know, you look at that and you're like, that's ridiculous. But, you know, you are surrounded, we are surrounded by people every day who are thinking like that. You know, uh, not everybody, less and less of our society is a church society. And we need to be aware of our surroundings and, and what people are thinking about today. The effects on our society with that viewpoint right there has been catastrophic, wreaking havoc in our elementary schools, in our high schools, in our colleges, and in our universities. Let me again restate what a Dr. Colin Brown said. By far the most potent single factor to undermine the popular belief in the existence of God in modern times is the evolutionary theory of Charles Darwin, and Satan is slithering back on the shadows, laughing. However, another review from last week, British paleontologist and evolutionist Colin Patterson said that after he looked at the evidence, he no longer looked at evolution as a fact, but as a faith. Evolution is a faith, not a fact. So I present to you this morning two faiths. Creationism, evolutionism, which is true. Which one is true? I'm going to, I don't know if I'll get through every question today, but uh, we'll, we'll finish the questions next week. Um, I'm going to present to you today um, some questions, and we're going to compare both creationism. Thank you. All right, thank you, bud. We're going to create, or we're going to compare both creationism and evolution with one another. And then I'm going to let you decide. I think I have an idea what many of you are going to say, but I'll let you decide. The first question that we're going to dive into today, when did life begin? When did life begin? Some of you who have that kind of analytical, scientific mind, this might be something that will kind of get your juices going a little bit. Um, but I need to tell you up front, I, I, do not, I do not have a Ph.D. in geology. Um, I am not an expert 
uh, in the field of paleontology, or I am not a scientist, um, nor did I play one on TV. Some of you have heard that. Um, and I did not stay at a Holiday Inn last night either, okay? But I do believe that we can use the brains that God has given us and look at facts, look at information, and make our own intelligent conclusions. As I said before, I'm going to share with you the research that I have made and let you decide. Now, I need to let you know, though, just bear with me here for a few minutes up front, because to help answer this first question, I I need to get just a little scientific on you, okay? So don't sleep on me. There will be a pop quiz at the end of this, okay? So be ready. Um, Some of you may find some of this kind of fascinating, but I need to dig into some details. When did life begin? Those who fall on the side of evolution, they believe that life began millions and billions of years ago. Millions and billions of years ago. Some of you may have you know, seen the shows on Discovery Channel or the Animal Planet or uh, some of the main news uh, media, and all you hear about is millions and billions of years ago, and you've wanted to know, is that true? Um, did our Earth uh, start millions and billions of years ago? Okay, here we go. Um, much of that hypothesis that you hear millions and billions of years ago, many of you have heard of this, comes from an experiment called radiocarbon dating. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you have heard of that. All right, radiocarbon dating. It's a scientific technique used to date rocks and fossils. So we're going to have just about a few minutes of chemistry 101 here. All right. Carbon dating um, involves measuring C14 and C12 atoms. Stay with me here. I don't want to lose you. But it involves measuring atoms and their rate of decay. Now, all plants and animals, they have carbon in them. Okay? And as soon as a plant or an animal dies, the carbon inside begins to die as well. So the amount of C14 atoms in the once living thing gets smaller and smaller with times. With time. In other words, once a plant or an animal dies, a clock starts ticking. Based on this knowledge, the evolutionists have carbon-dated fossils and rocks to be millions and billions of years old. Sounds kind of convincing, doesn't it? I mean, we're talking about scientists, people who are really smart, and they're radiocarbon-dating these samples, so why would we not believe them? But remember what I told you last week. What is the one thing that Darwin and evolutionists need to support their hypothesis? Time. Remember that? They need time. They need time because in order to, uh, for us to have evolved, there needs to be millions and billions of years to transpire. How about the creationist side on when did life begin? This is something that you're not going to really hear on the media or the Animal Planet or Discovery Channel or things like that. But creation scientists have uncovered a huge flaw in the hypothesis of evolutionists. You see, when carbon dating, one has to first know uh, what the atmospheric conditions are. You have to know what the atmospheric conditions were at the time that the animal or the plant died. For example, what was the Earth's 
atmospheric pressure? What was the uh, magnetic levels at the time that the earth or that the ant or animal or plant died? You see, evolutionists assume, they assume that these conditions were the same billions of years ago as they are today. They use today's figures and conditions in order to apply it to their carbon dating. This is how they arrive at their billions of years. However, it is a known fact within the geological scientific field that the Earth's atmospheric conditions... Now stay with me because I'm going to throw up a number here that's going to make you go, wow, how cool is that? It is a known fact within the geological field that the Earth's conditions were not the same years ago as they are today. For example, they know that the magnetic levels were higher in the past than what they are today. So the evolutionist assumptions that the conditions billions of years ago are the same that they were today is simply not true. You're not going to hear this on CNN. You're not going to hear it necessarily on Fox. You're not going to hear it on these news channels. Another thing that the creationists have discovered, folks, the flood changed everything. The flood changed everything. Experts believe that the atmosphere before the flood was vastly different than what it is today, than what it was after the flood. There have been those, uh, the, the Bible in Genesis talks about a canopy, or talks about a, firm, a firmament, firmament, say that five times real fast, firmament. There was a firmament above the earth, and there was one in and under the earth. And that when the flood took place, that just destroyed the atmospheric conditions at the time. Now get this. Based on what we do know, and considering an event like the flood, scientists are now coming to the hypothesis that the earth is not millions and billions of years old. You know what they're discovering today? That the earth is just thousands of years old. And some of them are saying this. It's five to 7,000 years old. Isn't that cool? For those of you who get into this, don't you just want to get up and just, yeah, not really, obviously not, okay. But think about that. We live in a world that's saying millions and billions of years old, and, and the science is not supporting it. The science is supporting the Word of God. The Word of God. So when did life begin? Based on the latest research, more and more scientists are advocating that the earth is relatively young, five to 7,000 years young. You see, evolution is based entirely upon assumptions, assumptions that cannot nor have ever been proven. And keep in mind, I've only just scratched the surface to some of the scientific experiments and information and proofs that they have found. Now, if you have your number two pencil, get it out. We're going to do that pop quiz now. Just kidding. All right, just, just joking. Some of you started to reach for a pen. That was good. Yeah. Second question we're going to look at. How did life begin? How did life begin? At some point in time, every living human being will ask this question. How did I get here? How did I get here? 
the answer to that question is paramount to asking the question, what is my purpose? How does an evolutionist answer that question? How do they answer how did life begin? This is what they say, the Association of Biology Teachers, they said in their, in their book and in their uh, statement, life began as an unsupervised, impersonal, unpredictable, and natural process. Some of you that are in the education system may have heard of Prentice Hall. Prentice Hall was one of the nation's leading providers of middle school and high school textbooks and technology. This is what they are putting in front of our kids today. This, this is what they're saying. This is in the textbook. Life is a random, undirected, working without either plan or purpose. What does that do to your purpose in life? (laughs) There is no purpose. But I ask you this morning, do you know how many scientific facts have been discovered in order to prove evolution is indeed an established fact of science? Do you know how many have been proven? Zero. Zero in the scientific world today, zero experiments have proven that Evolutionism is a fact. That's why scientists are desperate to find that missing link in the evolution tree. Um, I once heard um, an evolutionist met up with God one day and they were having a conversation. Some of you may have heard this. They were having a conversation, and the evolutionist looked at God, and he said, You know, God, um, he said, everyone says that you're the one that created life, that you took matter and you took dirt, you took dust, you took dirt from the ground, and out of that dirt, you're the one that made life, and, and uh, out of that, you made human life. Well, God, we believe that we can do the same. We humans and us scientists, we believe that we can do the same. You see, we have found that you can take uh, uh, the uh, building blocks out of a lump of dirt, out of, a, out of some dirt, and we can make life ourselves. We've done it before, God. And he said, we're so confident, God, that we can reproduce life just like you have, that we're going to challenge you to a duel. He said... We each, God, you get, a, you get a lump of dirt, and we'll get a lump of dirt, and we'll each create life. You create life in your way, and we'll create life in our way. God thought for a second. He said, you know what? I'll take that challenge. He said, let's do it. And the scientist bent down to pick up the dirt, and God said, wait a minute. You get your own dirt. Can we all stop for a moment, take the brains and the intelligence that we've been given, examine the world around us, the world that is seen and the world that is unseen, along with the world that you and I experience every day, and ask ourselves, is evolution the best answer for how life begins? Did a big bang occur and then over billions and billions of years, atoms formed into cells and cells formed into life? Or could it be, could it just be that a divine creator is responsible for the balanced yet intricate design 
of what is called life? For me, the answer is clear. I'm going to hit one more question with you this morning. Next question. Why did life begin? When did life begin? How did life begin? And why did life begin? And as you can tell, we're getting closer and closer to really answering the ultimate question of, what is my purpose? I once talked to someone uh, a number of years ago who was going through a depression. And they were saying things like, why am I here? Why is this even happening to me? What's the use? There's no reason for, even being, for me even being here. Knowing why you exist is the cornerstone question of life, isn't it? Answer this question and you're one step closer to answering the what is my purpose in life. How does an evolutionist answer that question? I'd probably say in one form or another, every single one of us in here this morning have asked that question at some point in time in our life. Why am I even here? Why did life begin? How does an evolutionist answer that question? You're here by pure accident. You are a random, you're here by random chance, a freak coincidence. Some of us may be kind of freakish, but we're not here by, by coincidence. <laughs> we're all a little bit of that, aren't we? They would say that you're here because billions of years ago, just the right combination of pond water came together to form the cells and the protozoas and all of that to form you. You are here just by accident. And then I would ask this question. If this is true, then where do we get our emotions? And our feelings. According to evolutionism and Darwinism, your emotions and your feelings, your opinions, your sense of self-worth and importance, they really do not exist, folks. You might be feeling something right now. Maybe you're anxious to get out of here. I don't know. Maybe you're thinking about something. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're worried about something. It's not real. Just figments of your imagination. Just holograms, chemical reactions that get in the way of intelligent thinking. And isn't that a rather depressing thought? And I can't tell you how many people feel that. And can you not just hear the slither of Satan in the shadows? And he's laughing. What about... Creationism. How do we answer that question? If you think about it, if you think about it, everything around you that is intentionally made was made for a reason and a purpose. Just for a second, just kind of look around you. The fans, they were made specifically for a reason. The pews that you're sitting in were made for a reason. The windows were Man-made for a reason. The shades were made for a reason. There's a pen up here somewhere. The pens were made for a reason. Even the cap that goes on top of a pen was made for a reason. Cars, cell phones, instruments, carpet, everything that you see was made for a reason. It all has been intentionally made by man. 
And it was all made for a purpose. Now transfer that thought of man-made things to what we read in Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Think about that. If the things around you that you know were created for a purpose by man who has limited knowledge, limited ability, do you think that the divine creator has a plan for your life? Do you think he made you for a reason? He made you for a purpose. God doesn't make junk. Not only that, but he made us in his image. His image. You think he has a reason for our existence? We haven't even touched on the fact that he wants to have a relationship with us. This God, the divine creator that has created what you see out through the windows and the rolling hills and the trees and the grass, the beauty of the sky, he made you specifically after his own image. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He doesn't make things for no reason at all. There might be someone in here this morning, you're, you're trying to figure out the reason for it all. I don't know. You, you might you come with a smile on your face, but you've been going through a lot of things in life and you're trying to figure out where is God. God, what's the use? Is there even a reason for me being here, God? Young person, adult, don't think for one minute that you are not here without a purpose. Don't think for one minute, young person, young adult, youth, that you are made by an accident. God has a purpose for all of us. Not just here and now, but He has a purpose for our eternity as well. You know, I think sometimes we often make the mistake of, especially when we're young, you know, what is God's purpose for my life? Well, I need to graduate from school. Maybe I need to go to college and get a degree and then get a job. And, and, and that's when I really find my purpose. You know, I know that whenever I graduated high school, and, and Parker's getting real close to that, uh, people would say, so what do you want to do? What are you going to study? I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. I, I don't think I lo- most young people really know what they want to do in life. And I kept thinking, I, I just... My, my purpose will, will come someday. I think that's wrong thinking. Even if you're in that phase of life to where you don't know what the future holds, let me tell you, God has a purpose for you today. Today. Don't give Him your life today and He'll take care of your tomorrows. He'll, he'll, he'll fill your tomorrows with His plan and with His purpose. The kids were in here this morning. I I, I would tell them it could be just something as as simple today as obeying your parents. 
youth. It could be just as simple as getting in your word and praying more. I know Pastor Kevin and Kelsey, they're doing all they can to try and get you in your word and trying to get you to be praying more. Maybe you just need to listen to them. Maybe you, maybe you just need to do what God wants you to do. Maybe uh, you need to stop fighting with a sibling. Maybe you need to work harder in school. See, that's his plan and purpose today. Things like that today. There's another verse in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. But I want to look at the first part of that. He has put eternity in their hearts. What does that mean? It means that you and I have a natural desire to know what the future is. To know and to yearn for eternal life. He has given us emotions and He has given us feelings. He has given us the desire to live and not want to die. It all came from Him. As I was working on this message this week, where do our emotions come from? Where do our feelings come from? Why do people create things like that? (laughs) Right? Emojis. Emotions. Are those just figments of our imagination? No, those are used to express how we really are. Those are used to express what God has placed within the heart. Why did life begin? Mm. So I ask you, which makes more sense this morning? Answering that cell phone? Or... Or shutting it off. I don't know. What makes more sense? What makes more sense to pick up your child, look them in the eyes and say, you know, Parker, Jenna, Jess, you fill in the blank. I seem to be experiencing these strong things of, they they seem like love or they seem like uh, caring or um, great emotions of affection for you. But I have to tell you, they're not real. Can you imagine saying that to your kid? Imagine saying that to your child. I have to tell you, Parker, you think I love you, but it's just a hologram. It's just a figment of your imagination. Your dad really doesn't love you. Because we're not capable of loving. So I really don't care anything about you because my feelings are not real. Or could it be, praise the Lord, that you and I are made in the image of God? And this God created us to feel and experience intense emotions to have a deep desire to love and to be loved. You know, I think studies have been done with infants. Uh, Infants, uh, uh, newborns, uh, like after a month or so, that, that have been held, that have been cradled, that have been loved, that have been spoiled, versus a child that is not. 
The child that has been loved and cradled and hugged is much more stable, is much more balanced, is much more calm and at ease than the one that isn't. Why do you think that is? It's because God's how God created us. Why did life begin? C.S. Lewis in his Mere Christianity makes the point that every human soul is a, and in every human soul is a sense of justice. A sense of knowing what is right and what is wrong. When we see atrocities, why do we get upset? Think about that. If we are here by chance, by an accident, and when we see horrible things happen, why do we get so upset? It's because God made us that way. And if we have no purpose, if we have no feelings and emotions in life, I said this a while ago when I was in the backyard mowing the grass. If that is true, if I have no emotions, no feelings of caring, why did I swerve around that little frog so I wouldn't run over it with my lawnmower? Why is that? I saw that little frog and I thought, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I stopped and I went in reverse and I got a better angle so I could go around it. Why do we do that? Why does an entire nation mourn when a madman walks into an Oregon campus and kills multiple people? If we're just here by accident, no purpose, why does a community respond when a family loses their house in flames? It's because we were made for a purpose. And it goes beyond just caring and loving, but it's ultimately found in the God who made you and made me. I end with these verses. We have one more question to answer next week on the evolution creationism. I love this verse though in Psalm 139. David said, Your eyes saw my substance, yet being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Now think about that. That's crazy. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. What's that tell us? Even before we were formed in our mother's womb, God saw us. And even at that time, our days were already in God's book. The days fashioned for me, even when there weren't any days yet. I'm telling you, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. One more verse, Ephesians. This is from the message, translation. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, (laughs) he had us in mind had settled on us the focus of His love to be made whole and holy by His love. Long, long ago, He decided to adopt us into His family through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. What a pleasure He took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of His lavish gift-giving by the hand of His beloved Son. So in ending this morning, I ask you, 
which best answers the question, why did life begin? For me, the answer is clear. Give me God. Give me the one who made me in his image. And life just seems to flow. Life just seems to make sense. This morning, whenever I was praying uh, during our prayer time, there was a song that that, uh, they were playing. And I haven't heard it for years, but I'm going to ask Mandy to come up. And we're just going to uh, conclude with this song. And then I'm going to ask the band here in just a few minutes. We're going, to, we're going to do that song again. We're going to end worshiping this morning. But there is a song that I heard, um, The Wonder of It All. Many of you know that song, don't you? The Wonder of It All, that God loves me. Would you bow your heads, please? Wow, Lord, I thank you. And I praise you, Father. God, thank you that I and we are not here by accident. How incredibly foolish it is to believe that. But Lord, I thank you that you have made us with a plan and with a purpose. And God, we're going to continue to discuss. We know, Lord, we know that that you've made us for a purpose. Now, Lord, what is that purpose? Lord, as we continue to delve into this and uncover what your answers are, Lord, if there's someone here this morning that's uh, not sure about where they're at in life, maybe they're wondering They're wondering about their purpose and about their existence. God, may they trust you. May they once again be filled with the knowledge that you are who you say you are. That you've made us. You intentionally made us. That must mean you have a purpose and a plan for our life. No matter how difficult our circumstances right now, you even have a plan and a purpose for that. You have a purpose for everything, God. And to think. Those things that were made around us, we know that man made those things around us for a purpose, but God, you made us in your image. In your own image. I want to say, are you kidding me? Wow. Thank you, God. What a wonder that is. Not only is it a wonder that you've made us in your image, God, it's a wonder that you love us. And you have a plan for our life. Thank you, God, for that. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Would you please stand? I'll have Mandy tell you the page number. It's page 108. 108. the wonder of sunset at evening though 